0: night divine, a holy night, a night that is set apart, and set apart for you to experience the love of God in a brand new way, hopefully, tonight. There is so much reason to celebrate, to have joy in the house tonight. A Savior has been born to us, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. I know it's a little later in the day, but amen? Amen. You're with me. We have so much to celebrate. It's why we go all out, that this is our fourth of four Christmas Eve services, that we make plenty of room for all of you. It's the reason we celebrate, the way. The reason that we worship the way that we do. Praise God for our worship team, by the way. Can we give God praise? Absolutely. So, much, so many gifts being shared in the house tonight. A lot of the uh, biblical characters that you'll see in a little bit, as well of our, our dancer and different... Uh, people that are involved in the service are our students from our power life and ignition ministry as well as our young adults with kairos and revive and so i want to thank our young people for leading out and being examples in the faith in this church we love students and they are not the future of the church they are the church now so many people yeah praise god for that absolutely <laughs> using their gifts and sharing that uh Kristen is one of our artists from our creative arts ministry that is drawing and painting what god is laying on her heart tonight and fun fact Kristen's not just one of our artists, she's one of our pastoral interns here at the church. So welcome, Kristen, as well. She's doing a fantastic job. So many people giving so much of their time and their gifts from the people that greeted you uh, outside and in the lobby and make sure that you are welcomed uh, and loved as you entered the place because it's a season of giving, not just here for a worship service or around Christmas, but it's a season of giving and I'm guessing that a lot of you are maybe going to go home later tonight or maybe your tradition is to do it tomorrow morning, is to go home and open some gifts, whatever your tradition might be, maybe to eat first and then gifts and make us wait a little bit. I remember that growing up. I Maybe you can remember some of the best gifts that you ever received around Christmas. Just think to yourself right now, uh, on the flip side of that, maybe can you remember some of the worst gifts that you've ever received for Christmas, some of the the stranger, more awkward gifts that you've received. I'm sure there's a few that maybe come to mind. For me, as an eight-year-old boy growing up and I see this in my eight-year-old son, now there is one thing that I wanted for Christmas and there's only one thing that you need for Christmas when you're eight years old, and that's Legos. Any Lego fans out there, it's okay to admit, I still play with Legos. That's totally fine to admit that. And I remember growing up, that's all I wanted, and that was all I was getting. So we were there opening gifts as a family on, on Christmas Eve night, as we often did, and we were opening gifts, and 98% of the gifts had been Legos so far. It was awesome, and I was getting down there to this big last gift from my grandparents that lived out in Seattle, and I thought, for sure, this has to be Legos. I mean, it was huge. Well, it came, this was pre-Amazon days, and they had a bunch of those little popcorn poppers in it, you know, and stuffing and everything like that, and I keep digging out smaller box after smaller box, and it's not as big and awesome as I thought it was going to be, and I get down to it, and I find the box, and, well, it doesn't sound like Legos, and it was kind of soft and squishy a little bit, and it didn't feel like Legos at all, and keep in mind, I'm I'm young and haven't gotten out much, and I open it up, and I have no idea what it is, and my mom, trying to be nice, goes, oh, honey, it's a fruitcake, Great, awesome. You should have seen the look on my eight-year-old face of going, what? Ugh, I think is what I said. That is not what I was expecting at all. And I apologize for any of you that are fruitcake fans, but when you're expecting Legos and you get a fruitcake, that's like getting a lump of coal in your stocking. Disappointment. Sure disappointment. That's not what I wanted. And I find myself, I'm guessing I was asking myself, is this it? Is this it? This is what I waited to the end for? I'm so disappointed. And maybe some of you have a story like that of a gift that you got or the pajamas you didn't want or whatever you got let down with around Christmas. But I have a feeling that some of you feel that way about your life these days. I have a feeling that some of you maybe walked in here tonight and you're completely overwhelmed with life. That maybe you're carrying some fear as you look to the future. Some of you walked in here tonight feeling disappointed and overwhelmed with grief this evening because this is going to be the first Christmas that that special someone, that that loved one is not going to be with you around the table. This pandemic rages on, and that casualty after casualty, and you can't remember the last time that you felt joy, that you felt hope. Your heart is hard, your your heart is heavy tonight. For some of you, it's overwhelmed, it's stressed, it's fearful, it's it's pain. For some of you, you walked in here tonight, let's be honest, and you're doing great. By the world's standards, you have everything going for you. You've got a nice family. You've got a house and a car and a good job and everything by the world's standards. Everything should be great except you walked in here this Christmas and you're not happy. And you're asking yourself, is this it? Not fruitcake, but is this all that life has to offer? Is this as good as it gets? Is this what I've been hoping for? Is this a life that's worth living for? All of us can feel that from time to time. To time, and the question is, what are you going to do with that ache inside? Every single one of us, whether we're down with the whole Jesus church thing or not, you walked in here tonight with some longings deep inside, deep inside, a longing for joy, a longing for a hope and a, and a purpose and a future, a longing for peace, a longing for love, to be satisfied. And what we'll do is that you and I will run around and we'll open up all sorts of different gifts over the course of our lives to try to find the perfect gift, to try to find the greatest gift. And it doesn't come under a tree, but we'll go looking all over for that. I don't know if you can remember growing up and opening those gifts that that you just had this thrill of what it might be. I can't get that line out of my head. In this song, O oh Holy Night, that you've probably heard sung a thousand times, but for some reason this year, I can't get that line out of my head. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. And I want to ask you honestly, when's the last time that you truly had a thrill of hope rise up inside of you? When's the last time that you experienced that in a deep and profound way? When's the last time you experienced joy? And I'm not talking about happiness that comes and goes with our circumstances. I'm talking about a deeper joy, a deeper, a greater gift. And there is a great gift tonight that our heavenly Father wants to give you in his son Jesus. It's a gift that does not it's not going to break, it's not going to go out of style or fashion, and it is not going to disappoint you like fruitcake. This is the greatest gift of all time that God wants to give you. And if I had the opportunity tonight to share with you one thing, that you've got to know this this Christmas, that the message of the Bible, the message of Christianity is so simple and it is so important, don't miss it tonight. There is a God who loves you. One of the most famous passages in all of Scripture, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world... For God so loved you that he gave you his one and only son. He gave you this gift of his son Jesus this Christmas so that you could experience salvation. And salvation isn't something that we earn. You don't earn a gift. You receive a gift. Salvation is not something that you earn by being good enough or religious enough or moral enough. It is a gift that God wants to give you. And the power of God's love tonight for you is stronger than any other force in the universe. And he's holding it out for you tonight saying, receive it. Receive my love. Open up this free gift. The Apostle Paul talks about it this way. Actually, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says this, for it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourselves, that's a fancy way of saying it's not about you, it's not about me, it's always been about him. It's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God that he wants to give you this Christmas. This Christmas we received what we needed. We received what we needed the most, the one who is hope, the one who is peace, the one who is joy, the one who is our Savior, and his name is Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Merry Christmas. We received what we needed the most, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that you don't have to just experience one time a year at a Christmas Eve service. Jesus wants to live your entire life with you. And now you might be wondering, so why is this the greatest gift of all time? As you often hear in commercials this time of year, it's the gift that you can't live without. Why is that? I want to paint that picture for you. It doesn't take very long to look around and realize that our world is broken, isn't it? It's pretty messed up. And you feel that. Whether whether you're down with Jesus and the church thing or not, just read the headlines. Just scroll through your feed. Just watch the evening news. There is darkness in our world. There is hatred. There is evil. There is darkness. There is divisiveness. A pandemic that will not stop. Grief. Sorrow. Racial divides, political divisiveness, things that would tempt to tear us apart. But it's not just in the headlines, it's in our own hearts as well. You and I walk in here with those longings for hope and love and joy and peace. And I want to tell you, those aren't religious things. Those are human core longings and desires. That no matter where you go and what you do, you can't shake it. And you and I are going to go our entire lives looking to open up that gift and try not to be disappointed at the end of our lives and we'll look for that gift wherever we can find it and the interesting thing is is that we look for it in some good ways and it's subtle but these ways just can't fill our soul there's lots of ways that we look to find that greatest gift for one of them it's just traditions It's this time of year. It's being with your family, and you're thinking, well, geez, Pastor John, what's wrong with that, right? You're going to go home and open some gifts, and it's great, and you're going to be around with the ones that you love, and I know that you're here with the people that you love, and you love them a lot, but to be honest, they're a little weird, aren't they? And sometimes they get on your nerves, right? And some of you have been waiting all year to say this, and I'm going to give you permission to do it right now. Turn to the person next to you, assuming that you know them, and say, hey, you know I love you so much. Tell them that right now. You Just go for it. You know I love you so much. But you sometimes drive me crazy. Tell them that right now. But sometimes you drive me crazy. <laughs> you really do. And I'm praying to God right now that this isn't your first time at this church and you don't know the person you're sitting next to because that would be awkward because you just confessed your love for them. So that's great. Here's the thing. As much as you love those people sitting around you tonight. No earthly human being can fulfill an eternal need that you have in your heart. You are made for more. You are made to live forever. You are made for eternity. And they can't bear that burden. Some of you are like, no, 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 it's not, it's not bad, it's not the traditions, it's not my family and, and friends and, and all of that. I've got some hobbies that really fill me up, and sometimes I've got time, you know, to make Jesus a priority and sometimes don't, but I, I've got some hobbies, and at the top of that list, maybe if you're like me, is my teams, all right? So we are an equal opportunity employer here at Hope Elam, so just a show of hands, how many Cyclone fans are in the house uh, tonight? It's like, okay, good. A little quiet, uh, when, when one of the pastors of the church here is a big Hawkeye fan, we kind of check the cyclones at the door and just make sure you're OK. Uh, how, many, how many Hawkeye fans are here tonight? Let me hear you. See a little a bit, little bit stronger. How many of you don't care about sports one bit? Anybody? Okay, good. Good. Equally divided, That's good. We're united in Jesus. That's awesome. But here's the thing: if, we, if you put your hope, if you put your joy in teenage athletes. Young men and women that you watch on the TV, 20-somethings, and your hope and your joy rises or falls like a roller coaster based on the season or the outcome of a game, you are always going to be tossed to and fro. It's never going to be enough. That's an unbearable burden even to put on your own kids. And the tragedy of youth sports these days is that we try to make that the thing. And I know we never do that, but there are some people out there that have maybe thought about vicariously living through their kids, and that is going to fill me up somehow. That's the gift, but it can't fill your soul. Some of you are like, no, 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 that's not it, that's not my thing, it's the little device that you happen to have in your pocket or that you're holding in your hand right now, just in case the sermon gets boring, because I've always got my phone with me. And hear me say, there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing wrong with your phone or social media or technology or anything like that, unless you're looking at it to be the greatest gift your thing. And I want to ask you the question, how many more likes is it going to take? How many more follows is it going to take? How many more hearts is it going to take for you to get that hit for, get that hit, and, and feel good to not stop, to stop comparing yourself to the family down the street? Well, their, their marriage looks better than mine. Their family looks all put together. Mine's a mess. I just, honest question for you, for me, if we could stop scrolling, why haven't we stopped scrolling yet? <laughs> Because it'll never be enough. It'll be never be enough to fill that ache inside. And so that can't be it. That can't be the gift. And some of you are like, I know. I thought I knew what it was. Remember 2020? Remember the joy of 2020? And how we were looking at 2021? You're like, I know what the thing is. It's going to be the turn of the calendar. That's it. It'll just be 2021 right there in neon lights. It'll be great. And that'll be the light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll get over this COVID thing and the world will get put back together. I won't have any other issues in 2021. How's that working out for you? Not so much. And you want to know why? Because no calendar, no new year by itself has the power To defeat the two things that you and I will never be able to defeat. No matter how strong or how tough you are, how grown up and put together and independent or apathetic you are towards Christianity. There are two things that you and I will never be able to defeat in this life, and that is our own sin and our own death. The world is still dark. It doesn't matter what year it is. Nothing's going to change that anytime soon. And so what would be the greatest gift into a dark, broken, hurting, overwhelmed, lost, weary world? I I can tell you what it isn't. It's not going to be a politician. It's not going to be a pep talk. It's not going to be the power of positive thinking. It's going to be the presence of the one who is hope, who is joy, who is peace, who is love, and his name is Jesus. Amen? His name is Jesus. And this Christmas, we got exactly what we needed. A Savior has been born to us. We got exactly what we needed. This is how the angels told it to the shepherds that first Christmas night. The greatest gift. They said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Some of you need to hear that tonight. Do not be afraid. For a follower of Jesus, fear does not win on Christmas. Do not be afraid as a command from your God to you tonight. His love is bigger than your fear, and his light shines in your darkness. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Let's pick it up and read together, starting with today. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. There's three things I don't want you to miss in that passage this Christmas. Number one, there is good news. Everybody say good news. And that good news brings great joy. Say great joy. And that great joy is for all people. Everybody say all people. All All people. And that includes you. It includes you. Not just your kids that you want to have the nice cute Christmas for. Not just the person sitting next to you that you're like, boy, I really hope they're listening right now. It's for you. He has been born to you. We received what we needed the most, a Savior. And some of you might be wondering, well, John, that's interesting. I know you've got the the light of the world going on up here and everything, but I think you forgot the baby on Christmas. Isn't that the most important thing? Well, I've got really good news is that that baby did not stay in the manger. Amen? That baby became a man who is our Savior, and the manger stands in light of the cross. Because if Christmas is real, then so is the cross. Because a few years later, that Savior named Jesus went to an old Roman cross and he defeated sin, death, and the power of hell for you. And so if Christmas is real, so is the cross. And if the cross is real, the grave is empty. And that's why you have victory tonight in Jesus Christ. Amen? And that victory, that vigor, victory is bigger and stronger than any hatred than any violence, than any divide, than any pain, than any fear, than any pandemic that this world could throw at us. The light of Jesus Christ shines in whatever darkness you find yourself in the middle of today. Amen? Amen. It's bigger than that. It's stronger than that. And it's for you. This is the greatest gift. Christmas is real, and it's For you. And that's where the joy comes from. That's where the peace comes from. That's where the hope comes from. Not just when you know about Jesus or sing some songs about Jesus or pray some prayers about Jesus, but when you know Him. He came to be in a relationship with you. And you have that moment, and I don't know, maybe that moment tonight will be for you when you realize, I'm so exhausted of opening up all these other gifts and chasing everything that the world has to offer to try to fill up my soul. And you finally realize, you know what? I don't have to have it all together, and I don't have to have a perfect life to have my soul be satisfied. All I need is Jesus. All I need is Jesus this Christmas, the greatest gift. And so the only question remains is, what are you going to do with this gift? You're like, amen, preacher brother, let's go, let's go home. Well, time out. What are you going to do tonight, tomorrow, next week, next year? What are you going to do with this gift? Are you going to keep going through the motions of one more Christmas? Or are you going to let this change your life? Will you let Jesus all the way in and let him change your life? See, sometimes I think we get it misconstrued that we think, oh, that's great, John. I'm going to just keep going and living my life the way that I want to live it. And I'll kind of Velcro Jesus onto the side. You know, he's a pretty good teacher and he's got some good moral statements. And I'll even post some quotes of his, you know, those Bible verses on my Facebook or Instagram page because they make me feel good inside. And I'm just going to kind of keep going with my life. And then, well, Jesus is a good guy too. And, and I'll consider his opinion. You know, he's a good guy to admire. Jesus says, You know, I'm your Savior. But I'm also your Lord. Who calls the shots for you? Who is the leader of your life? Jesus changes everything. I was trying to think about a practical way for you to understand this and kind of break it down. It helps me understand, just a show of hands, any parents or grandparents out there, just raise your hand wherever you are, online, raise your hand. Okay, lots of you. Do you remember, for some of you, this is a long ago, for some of you, not that long ago, maybe this is your first Christmas with a newborn baby, do you remember when you brought your first child home from the hospital? Do you remember that day? Everybody just think, oh, right, okay, think about that. Um, I just, you know, they were all cute and tiny and, and cuddly and everything like that. Do you, do you remember, how fast did you drive on the way home from the hospital? Like, I drove about 12 miles an hour. I am responsible for another human life, right? Let me, let me ask, how, um, how many uh, dates did you go on the first month or so of having a newborn child? How quiet was your house those first few weeks? How, how clean was your house, oh, I don't know, the first 18 years of their life, right? How, right? Everything changed. In other words, when that doctor put that 7-pound, 12-ounce baby boy named Caleb, our firstborn son, into my hands, into my arms, everything changed. The baby changes everything. It was like the greatest, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my wife, she's up here singing, she's awesome, but there's something. Moms and dads, are you with me? Grandparents, are you with me? There's something about your child that I thought I understood the love of God. But nothing has taught me more about the love of God than being a parent. When you hold that child in your arms and you realize, man, I would do anything for them. I love them so much. Now here's something that'll blow your mind. That's a fraction An imperfect human love, that is a fraction of the love that your Heavenly Father has for every single one of you this Christmas. Don't miss it. That's why you're here tonight. Not to get some warm fuzzies. You're here to know the love that God the Father has for you and will always have for you. Don't miss that. But also don't miss the fact that when the doctor put that baby in my arms, I mean, everything changed. I had two choices. I could just keep right on going the way that I have been living. Well, that's not going to make sense. I can't turn to Tiffany and say, you know what? This was fun for the last nine months, but I'm out. I kind of feel like maybe being a dad on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, or when it's convenient, or when it works in my schedule. I can't do that. All I can do is receive the gift that I've been given and start to live a whole new life. I have a new identity. I'm a dad now, and I'm going to live into that. Everything changes. Everything changes, and that's the same with Jesus. With following Jesus, everything changes. The baby changes everything. Some of you in a couple of weeks are going to be trying to make some changes in your life. You're going to start making some New Year's resolutions. Do you want to have lasting change? Why don't you get connected with the one that's not so much interested in your behavior modification, he's interested in your heart transformation, amen? He wants something deeper. He's after your heart because that's where your motives come from. He changes everything. One of the greatest privileges of being one of the pastors here at Hope Elam is that we get a front row seat to watching God change lives. And it's been incredible to watch, just even in this last year, marriages that were struggling, God's healed and put back together, getting the help that they need. Those that come every week to our variety of support groups, getting the help that they need for various hurts and habits and hang-ups and addictions, finding and experiencing the freedom in Jesus Christ. Get this, there are junior high students and high school students coming to this church that their parents and their grandparents and the rest of their family had no interest in church. They got set on fire by the love of Jesus Christ, and they are inviting their entire family to church now because God has opened up their heart. Amen? (laughs) Praise God for that. Praise God for that. It's the people that I know that were apathetic towards Jesus, apathetic toward the church that have walked up these very aisles and come up and received the gift of new life, of baptism in Jesus Christ. Over and over and over. Some of you are saying, John, I'm on board with Jesus. I'm just not down with the whole church thing. Well, here's the thing. You can't love Jesus and not love the church. Because he loved the church so much, his bride, that he died for it. That's why he came on Christmas. That's why he went to the cross. Is the church perfect? Absolutely not, because it's made up of imperfect, broken people just like you and just like me. Are we a perfect church? Absolutely not, but there's a whole lot of love in the room tonight, and there's a whole lot of differences as well. You may not know this, but this church didn't exist a year and a half ago, and God said right in the middle of racial division and hatred in this country, I'm going to plant a church from a predominantly black church and a predominantly white church, and there is only one person that can do something like that, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? And you're a part of that. You get to be a part of that. God's light is for all people. Not just some people, but for all people. Young and old and rich and poor and Republican and Democrat and everywhere in between and Hawkeyes and Cyclones and black and white and brown and everywhere in between. God's light, God's love is for all people. Because the power of the Christmas story is not just that the gift came, it's who it came to. I love digging into the Christmas story and finding some of these other characters that just happened to show up in the middle of the Christmas story. And so you go back to Luke chapter 2 and you find out that there was some shepherds that were living out, literally out in the middle of nowhere. And something you got to know about these shepherds is that they were just outcasts. They were nobodies. This is the last group of people that you would expect the good news of the gospel for the very first time, God breaking into this world To show up to. Like God just dropped this good news in front of you tonight, almost like He's dropping some shepherds right in front of you in the pew, that they just happened to show up here on Christmas Eve. We invited them and and they came. We thought they'd be decent guests. But here's what you gotta know about the shepherds they had been kicked out of the town, they'd been kicked out of the city, they were outcasts, most likely for being thieves or stealing things from other people, and yet here they are, literally out in the middle of nowhere. These are not religious people at all. If the shepherds would show up in any church this Christmas Eve, you might think, well, they're not very much, they're not churchy people. They don't belong here. And yet, who did God choose to announce this good news to? A ragtag bunch of misfits. Born to you, the angels say. Born to you tonight if you ever feel like you've been on the outside looking in of this whole church thing. Born to you that think that church is a bunch of self righteous hypocrites. Born to you if you feel like your life is a mess. We brought this straw in last week for our different scenes here for the Christmas services, and this straw literally has been drug everywhere in this church. It's like glitter. It just goes. We're going to be finding straw around here on Easter. It's a mess. You know what I love about that? The first Christmas was a mess too. And it's for messy people. And if Christmas is for the shepherds, then Christmas is for you if you feel like you just can't get your life together. If you feel like your life is a mess and you don't deserve Jesus, you're not a very religious or churchy person, neither were the shepherds. If if Christmas is for the shepherds, then it's for that alcoholic that's a part of our church here at Hope Elam that's in recovery for the third time. If Christmas is for the shepherds, then it's for those couples that I've talked with in the last few months that have had a miscarriage and all they wanted to do was announce the birth of their child this year, but they're not going to be able to. Christmas is for them. Christmas is for that couple that's on the brink of divorce right now. Christmas is for those of you that got drug here tonight against your will, and this is the last place you want to be right now, and you're wondering when the sermon's going to be done. If Christmas is for the shepherds, then Christmas is for you that are skeptics. You're like, I don't know if I believe in this or not. It's okay. This is a safe place for you to ask those questions. Christmas is for you. Christmas is for the refugee families that we've helped over the last several months that have come here from Afghanistan. You do know, I hate to break it to you, but our Savior Jesus Christ and his mom and dad were refugees as well. So praise God that we've been able to help refugees that are coming right here into Des Moines. What's more Christmas than that? If Christmas is for the shepherds, if he's born for them, he's born for you. But that wasn't the only group. (laughs) Yeah, Christmas is messy, but there was another group that was not quite as messy. You see, the shepherds came and they saw and they went back and praised and rejoiced because God showed up to them right in the middle of their broken, ordinary lives. And yet there was another group that we often forget about that we think came to the manger scene, but they actually came, biblical scholars will say, a few months later, and it was the Magi. The wise men or the wise women that came to the manger scene and they experienced Jesus maybe as he was a little bit older, but the magi were everything that the shepherds were not. The magi were most likely astrologers, which means they were a little bit more well-to-do. They were wealthy. They had plenty of money. they, They were royal. They were dignified. And yet something drew them. They came from the east. They came from afar, it says, and something was drawing them. They didn't have to go, but they saw the star in the sky. And it drew them to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And here's the thing they didn't have to come. They could have stayed at a distance, and you could stay at a distance tonight as well. But something inside of them, even though by the world standards, they could say they were fine. Everything is fine. And maybe that's how you feel tonight. I- I'm good. I'm fine, i got a nice family, I got a, maybe I've got a, a good marriage, I've got a good job, maybe it doesn't, you know, provide everything that I need, but I'm thankful for it, and I'm a strong, independent, put-together adult, I'm, I'm fine, which could be the most dangerous four-letter word in church. Fine, because if you're fine, you don't think that you need to change. And yet something inside those magi that night said, you know what, I've got everything. But I've got nothing. Because I haven't met the king. The king of kings. And there's something inside of me that wants to bring this gift to the one that could change everything for me. Let me ask you this. Even if you're fine, is your soul satisfied tonight? And I want to remind you and I want to challenge you with this question. If you are here and you just want to go through the motions, that maybe in this life our greatest fear should not be a failure But it should be at succeeding at things that will not last. What are you living for that's going to last? And that night, the Magi are trying to tell us something. There is so much more. You know there's more than what you're living for. There is so much more, and that's why the Magi, when they got up and left, they went home a different route. They were listening to Jesus. They were listening to the power of the Holy Spirit and not to Herod. They had a new king. They had a new Lord, and it was the one that had filled up their souls. Can you imagine being the Magi, being the shepherds, and experiencing the Savior for yourself? Can you imagine being one of the shepherds, thinking that God is so far away from you that you're not worthy. And you walk into the stable and there the king of the universe has been born in a feeding trough. And all of a sudden he's put in your arms so close that you could feel the heartbeat of God. A savior has been born for you this Christmas take a look. Can you imagine experiencing him for yourself? The magi saw the star, but they didn't have to come. The shepherds heard of the good news from the angels, but they didn't have to come, but they did. They sprinted. They went with every, they ran with everything that they had. There was a sense of urgency and when they got there the natural response was people must know we have to go the rest of the story then is them and going and proclaiming this good news there was a sense of urgency when they heard the good news because when you found the one that could satisfy your soul you can't keep it to yourself there is no way that you can just keep going on with your ordinary life because this Christmas the baby changes everything And he could change everything for you if you would open up your heart and let him in. The God of the universe became a tiny, vulnerable, helpless baby to come to you. Will you be vulnerable with him and open up your heart to him? So you could go through the whole thing and just assume that you're going to sing some songs and go through the motions and that Christmas is for the cute kids and I'm just here to tell you tonight, the gift is for you. Open it up. Open it up and receive it for yourself. Let the love of Jesus Christ all the way in to your heart tonight. Maybe it's time to give Jesus a second look. (laughs) Maybe it's time to give the church a second look. Because here's the thing, you can't come and see if you stay where you are. And Jesus is telling you, come and see And then, go and tell. Because when you've seen hope and joy and love and peace, the only thing left to do is to go and tell. Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring back with you? Who are you going to tell about the online worship? Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to call back into our community to come and be a part of what God is doing? Follow Jesus every single day and let him change everything for you this Christmas. Slow down. And in the stillness, hear the God that created you tonight saying, come and see. Come and see what God has done. Thanks so much for joining us.